Good morning. I hope everybody had a, uh, a restful and really prayerful um, day of prayer yesterday. It was a lovely, lovely day. A um, couple of announcements. Uh, One Hope is here with us on campus today. I know they have a booth out front. They're speaking in a number of classes. Um, Leslie Hill, who is a, a graduate, is with them. It's, a, it's really a, a special and very unique uh, ministry opportunity. Um, they have summer opportunities for students, so um, by and, and say hello to Leslie. Uh, also, Covenant Seminary is here with us on campus uh, yesterday and today. Um, have a number of different events happening. Um, four o'clock today in the library lounge, um, Megan Young and Mark McElmurray and I, we're gonna have a conversation. You've seen the slides, Cultivating Habits. We're basically gonna talk about um, navigating things that destroy the human heart and then kind of moving into the things that, that give life. So uh, my daughter baked like three dozen cranberry scones and we're gonna have coffee and tea. So um, it'll be a delightful time. More because of Mark and Megan than the scones. But, um, and then there's a dinner in Probasco this evening with Covenant Seminary. Dr. Brad Matthews is gonna be speaking. Um, it's being catered from Public House, a good meal. There are a few slots still open. So uh, if you're interested there, just check your email on how to sign up. Um, and now it is, it's really a privilege and I'm so excited to have uh, Dr. Brad Matthews in chapel with us this morning. Uh, Dr. Matthews is the Dean of Faculty at Covenant Seminary. He's an Associate Professor uh, of New Testament. He and his wife Catherine live in St. Louis. Um, he's uh, someone that the people that I kind of hold most dear all love him and hold him dear. It's his first time speaking in chapel, so you please give a warm Scots welcome to Dr. Brad Matthews. Good morning. It's good to be with you all. Uh, I'm going to be speaking on the topic of friendship. And as I do that, I, I've, I've learned I have some friends that have prepared me. So I'm going to do double duty for just a quick second as, uh, as I say hello. So I send greetings from the faculty. That actually might work. <laughs> that, they look kind of comfy. What, uh, what brand are they? Are they Docs? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I've never preached in docs, so let's do this thing. So my, uh, my colleagues, they go on easy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's going to work. My colleagues send greetings to the faculty who are here with us, and I also want to say thank you for having me here in chapel with you all. As I was coming here and thinking about what is it that I want to speak on, I asked one of your midst, who is very fond of pickles on her sandwiches, right? So there we go. Okay, we got more than one. And she said, I think you should talk on this issue of friendship. And I, I actually think it's very providential. So I'm glad that Jenny Lynn was here on Monday. And she you know, rightly helped us and does help us have a high view of singleness. So we've always been good within our denomination to have a high view of marriage. And I'm very thankful for her ministry of giving us a high view of singleness. And what I would want to encourage today is a high view of friendship. So one of the things that I want to do is ask. I've never gotten a taker on this, but I'm always willing to give you a chance. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Who here 
does not want friends. Who here would say, I would consider it success if I made it through life having never had a friend? Right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so. Okay, a couple of people are thinking about it. You and I should probably talk afterwards, right? Now, let me ask you the other question. How many of you have the kinds of friendships that you want? That's actually wonderful. That is good. One of the questions I want to ask is why is it that we long for friends? Whether you're single or married, whether you're young or old, we are all designed for friendships. And I want to ask why. And I'm going to actually start, we're going to look at a couple of different verses throughout the, the, our time together. I want to start in a very weird place. So, if you're looking at your Bibles, you can turn to Deuteronomy 13. And Deuteronomy 13 is a very strange place to start looking at friendship, because Deuteronomy 13 is, okay, the people you're about to go into the land of Canaan, and if a prophet rises up that tells you to go after other gods, here's what you should do with that guy. And that's kind of, okay, well, that's weird. But then, in verse 6, what he does is he goes on to say, now, if someone who's close to you does the same thing. And listen to this list in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 13. If your brother, the son of your mother, so a sibling, or your son or your daughter, one of your children, or the wife that you embrace, so your spouse, so thus far we have either a sibling, a child, or your spouse. If they would entice you to walk away from the Lord, you should not follow them. But the last one in this list is very fascinating. Or your friend, which is as your own soul. That is a profound statement. There is something about friendship. There's something about the way in which God has designed us that there are going to be people in our lives who resonate with us. I did my undergraduate in engineering. If there's any engineers here, you know, congratulations. You made the right choice. Uh, and what I want to say is that what this idea of a friend who is as your own soul is that, that concept of harmonic frequency. There's something about their soul that resonates with your soul, and we are designed, each and every single one of us, to long for that. My question is, why? Why do we long for those friendships? And the answer comes to us because we're made in the image of God, and God does friendship. We actually see that numerous places throughout the text, but probably the place that is most consistently referred to is actually Abraham. If you look in Isaiah 41, Isaiah says Abraham was a friend of God. In 2 Chronicles, when Jehoshaphat is talking and praying to God, he says, Abraham was your friend. James in chapter 2 says, Abraham believed God and was counting to him as righteousness, and then he adds this little addendum, and he was called a friend of God. God does friendship. And what he does in friendship is very important to understand. So, if you look at Genesis chapter 18, if you remember in chapter 18, what's happening is God is revisiting Abraham and telling to him the promises that he will have a child. And then he's about to go 
and bring destruction down on Sodom. And in chapter 18, verse 17, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? One of the things that the Lord does, what we see is the way in which the Lord does friendship is he discloses himself to his friends. We see that as well in, chapter, in John chapter 15, when Jesus is talking to his friends. He says this. Let me see if I can find that. I got, all right, see, this is what happens. Like, eyesight's gone. So, greater love has no, no one than this, that someone would lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. One of the things that we learn from the Scriptures is that the way in which God does friendship is He discloses Himself to His friends. He actually tells of what's going on. And you and I are created in His image, and we long to be known. We long to be seen. We long for someone to hear everything that is going on in us, both the good and the bad, and we want to be seen and heard. But other than that, beyond that, not just being seen, not just being disclosing to one another what our friends is, we also see that there's a second component of friendship that God has for us. And that second component is God is present with His friends. In Deuteronomy, what we see, excuse me, not in Deuteronomy, in Exodus 33, what we see is after Moses has to go and separate and meet with God in the tent of meeting after all of the conflicts that happened in Exodus, what it says in Exodus 33:11 is that Moses met with God at the tent of meeting and God spoke to Moses as one does to a friend. We are made to be seen, to be known, to be delighted in, and to be present with one another. That's the way that God has designed us. That's the way that He has designed friendship. Now, what that means is, is that if you want friends, you have to do something very risky. One is you got to tell them about yourself, and the other is you got to listen. <laughs> But then there's a third one. You have to be present. I, I remember not too long after I had gotten engaged, my fiance, my now wife, lived out of town and she had flown into town. And we were looking for a church to have our wedding ceremony in, and we were doing planning. And I got a phone call from a close friend who was not in a good place. He was struggling. And I had to look at my fiance, who had just arrived in town, and say, I've got to go. I have to leave. And thankfully, she had friends in town that she could go and spend time with, but a friend needed me, and it was costly. We are designed to do friendship in community with one another so that we can be seen. But there's something else that we need to acknowledge in that. That means that not only is friendship hard from what it requires of us, friendship is hard because of who we are. Uh, let's say it this way. I don't know about you, but I find it difficult 
to make friends. I actually consider myself extraordinarily blessed that I have five friends that I know if I called right now and said, I'm in trouble, I need help, they would drop things. That is rare for someone my age. I am, con I am uniquely blessed with that reality. But that is not of my own doing. I'm not good at making friends. Maybe you are really good at making friends. Maybe you're very outgoing, but all the friendships you have are relatively shallow. Maybe you're here and you find it difficult to be vulnerable. You find it difficult to talk to people. You find it difficult to figure out, what do I do to make friends? I don't know how to do it, and you don't have many friends. Or maybe you're the Goldilocks, and you just got it exactly right. But then there's the problem of our sin. The book of Proverbs acknowledges very clearly that you and I can um, have lots of conflict with one another. Proverbs 14, or excuse me, 16 says, a whisperer can separate friends. You ever experienced that? Someone who just needles a little bit and says a few things, makes a few comments, did you realize what so-and-so did? You and I can be easily separated from our friends on the basis of a whisper. It goes on in just a chapter or two later to say, the one who repeats matters, separates friends. The person who keeps on bringing up the same thing over and over and over again can destroy a friendship. How many of you have experienced that? How many of you have experienced the loss of a friendship because of their sin, or because of yours, or because of someone else's. Right, that, that is a challenge, that is a complexity that you and I face in life on a regular basis. Friendship is hard. Uh, I can think of it this way, so saying the fact that I have that many friends that would drop everything for me, I can think of the fact that many times I have failed those friends friends who have lost parents, and I was just too busy to be present to them, friends who were going through conflict, and I was preparing a lecture for class, friends who needed me, and I was not there. Is that you? One of the things that friendship requires, one of the things that friendship demands is a repentant heart one that is willing to go the distance with friends who will fail you and whom you will fail. That is a part of the reality of friendship. It's not a part of the reality of the friendship of God. God never fails, but we do. And so, that brings us to the last thing that we need to consider about friendship. If you want to have friendship that requires, that brings forth from you disclosure so that you're known, so that people see all that is beautiful and wonderful, and so they can also see the things that you struggle with and help you through. And if you want to have friends that you're present with throughout life and deal with the reality of your failure and their failure, then your friendship requires commitment. Uh, we can think of the most famous friendship in the Bible, and that is the friendship between David and Jonathan. 
If you remember, Jonathan, just after, just after David defeats Goliath, Jonathan makes a covenant with David because he recognizes that David is the one whom God has chosen to be king. But even more importantly, what it says, the text says is, Jonathan loved David as his own soul. That's in Samuel, 1 Samuel 18. And then in 1 Samuel 20, when Jonathan is about to warn David, okay, my father Saul, he has threats against you. He has evil intent towards you. I'm going to go and discern that and figure it out. He asks David to make a covenant with him because he's saying, I'm about to betray my father, and please, when you ascend to be king, do not cut me off. And David makes a covenant with Jonathan because he loved Jonathan as his own soul. If you want friendships that last, it's going to require that you're willing to make a commitment, that you covenant with them. And one of the things that I want to make sure is clear, don't, uh, let's say it this way, don't try and force the issue, right? The idea is that this is someone with whom you resonate with. If you are finding it difficult to find someone like that, pray, ask the Lord to bring you that person. Wait on the circumstances and the providence of God. But when you find that person, make a commitment, make it explicit. Because here's the thing that I can say, you and I, all of us are going to go out and we're going to get beaten up by life. I don't, I don't want to sound morose, okay, you know, it's like life is wonderful, there's lots of fun things, but then also life is challenging, things will happen. And you will want friends. And they will have challenges, and they will want you. And there is something so very sweet about friendship that helps. Just the past couple of weeks, my wife and I lost both of her parents. And I am so thankful to our church, uh, a group of friends who have cared for us in ways we didn't even know that we needed. That is friendship, and you can have that. It's going to require something of you, but it is beautiful when you have it. I can say this to you, if you have friends that last, it will not happen by accident. It is a blessing of God that requires much from us. But even as it requires much from us, it is a gift that you will rejoice in unto eternity. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks that you are our friend and that you have laid down your life for us so that we might experience newness of life in you. And so we ask now that as we go forth about our days, as we go forth in life, that you would um, protect us and uphold us, and that you would give us the blessings of friends, that we would walk with one another, and that we would love one another as our own soul, so that we might encourage each other
to walk with you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.